travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 48, Snorkeling and Scuba Diving in Southeast Asia. Many parts of Southeast Asia are famous for snorkeling and scuba diving, and there are few parts of the world with as many great areas to get your face and body under the water than over here in the tropics. Countries like the Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, and Indonesia in particular have world-class snorkeling and diving sites. If you're thinking of getting your open water certification, want to get some dives in, or love snorkeling, Southeast Asia is the place. Today we'll chat about our favorite locations to get in the water and share tips from some of our friends. Get ready to get wet. Hey Scott, how you doing today? I'm doing good man and we are together face to face knocking out another episode. Yeah, thinking about getting down in the pool soon. You know, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, a self-professed merman. You um, are a merman. A, yeah, you know, like I, I need to be in the water regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of uh, writing about Thailand's beaches and islands. I've written about Bali. Uh, right. You know, I've spent a lot of time in, in Vietnam and Malaysia and Australia, New Zealand, which is a little bit outside of our Southeast Asia scope. But uh, you know, when I'm traveling around the beaches and islands, I'm almost never without uh, a mask in my bag. I'm trying to find great little snorkel spots. Yeah. Um, diving, I do enjoy doing. I was surprised to, to learn that uh, you guys have done more dives actually than I have. Yeah. You know, I, when I first moved uh, to Thailand in 1999, I was kind of more into diving and I and I probably logged 10 or so in Southeast Asia. And then I just kind of hit a point where I got bored with it. I was mountain biking and enjoyed the constant, you know, chance of falling off or you really had to pay attention whereas the diving I was doing I kind of felt like ah, I've seen enough clownfish and I kind of got tired of it but then in the last couple of years uh, when my wife and I were living in Malaysia we did a dive at the Prehensian Islands and then just a couple months ago we got out to the Similan Islands for a day and you know I think we'll start doing more of it I think it's I need to see different things though maybe like a wreck or some rays or something a little different but it, it's fun yeah I think that that's part of it too you know like I like uh, the, the different types of undersea terrain yeah and, and seeing certain types of fish uh, or like sharks and stuff that you, you don't normally see at other places that's usually the attraction for me diving nowadays um, other otherwise uh, I, I really enjoy snorkeling a lot yeah, snorkeling's mint, you know, in the way that, I mean, it's it's free. If you're somewhere and you just drop in, it's it's pretty darn nice. And I know my parents are a little older, too. And for them, like, you know, they even throw a life jacket on just to make it easy to float so they don't have to expend energy. But they can still have a really fun day out in the sea. So snorkeling's mint. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Southeast Asia, again, is is quite famous for its snorkeling and diving. Now, you know, that's a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, once a place becomes too popular and, and there's mm. too many boats in there throwing their anchors in the water, ruining yeah. the reef, uh, you know, there's there's not the best compliance for, you know, good environmental protection of, of yeah, some of these yeah. regions. Um, it's tricky. Uh, 
Um, but that said, there's still a lot of great dive sites out there. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, let's thank our sponsor. And this is our good friend, Greg Jorgensen. He has three new tours up on a new platform called VoiceMap. And you can find that at uh, voicemap.me slash tour slash Bangkok. But Greg has three tours. One is Chinatown Zeets, Bangkok's Old Town, and Red Lights. And they're only a couple bucks each. And he's a great guy and a, a great source of info. So you can buy those and download them and just have him talk you through areas of the city. Yeah, uh, the the first app that Greg made was great. Uh, I'm just finding out now about these new ones. Yeah, um, but he's uh, an excellent uh, guide, I believe, and and he uh, definitely probably does his homework, you know, to give you good information. So uh, yeah, Greg's new tours on VoiceMap.me sound uh, like a good bet if you're going to check out one of these neighborhoods. Yeah, thanks for sponsoring, Greg, and we'll have a link to that page on the bottom of the show notes. So, Trevor, I mean, you kind of touched on, you know. You kind of touched on reefs and the damage that diving does and stuff, but is safety something that you got to keep in mind when you're diving over in this part of the world, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think because diving is a dangerous sport to some degree, you know, and uh, when you sign one of those waivers with a, a dive outfit, you're you're literally signing something that says that they can cause your death either intentionally or unintentionally, and hmm. you cannot hold them accountable or, or your family members or whatnot. Um, so, you know, picking a good dive outfit uh, who have experience, uh, good equipment is always important. Yeah. Um, knowledge of the local conditions. Yeah. You know, as, as a waterman and, and spending lots of time in the water, like we were on the Ahmed coast uh, off Bali and, and this girl and I hired a, a little local fisherman guy to take okay. us out to like a snorkel spot. And uh, because the girl I was with was unaware of, of you know, being able to read the water conditions, she just jumped in the water like, yay, you know, but it was quite treacherous, the currents and the, and the oh, swell. Okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think, uh, you need to, to trust the people who are running your dive outfit. Mm. If you don't have that expertise right. and, uh, you know, you come to some of these islands that say like Tao in Thailand that has, you know, hundreds of, of dive operators, maybe, yeah. um, you know, you want to be careful about who you pick. I would, wouldn't book something like that on online. Mm. I would go to the dive shop and check out their equipment and talk yeah. to people um, before getting in the water with them. It's definitely worth checking, you know, forums online to see what people have commented about dive centers because some of them are great. Some of them are really loosey-goosey. Uh, you know, another thing putting on kind of my dad hat here, even though I don't have kids, is you obviously can't fly within 24 hours of diving. So, like, if you're planning your dives, kind of think about that flight out. And another thing is... A lot of people don't think about it is a lot of travel insurance doesn't cover you for diving. It's kind of one of those considered dangerous sports. So if you're concerned about actually making sure you're covered and you're going to be doing a lot of diving, check that your insurance covers it or you can get extra insurance that covers you against diving because it's it's often not covered. You know, you mentioned the, the flying thing. I was diving on the, the north shore of Bali. Mm. And, uh, and this is again, a good point to, to, you know, go with someone reputable. Um, I did a couple dives with them off Menjangan Island, which is the, the best dive area in Bali. We'll talk about later, but the next day I was going to drive back to the Southern side of the Island mm -hmm. and you have to drive over the volcano too high. Right. Yeah. And, and she's like, Hey, how are you going to drive back tomorrow? And I told her my intended route and she's mm -hmm. like, no, you can't go that way. She's like, you know, the altitude's uh -huh. too high. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I ended up going a different way back and. And uh, that was great advice because I could have put myself in danger just by driving on the wrong road the day after I dove. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into them here and you're going to hear all kinds of stuff in here from safety to 
even areas where there's been kidnappings and islands being shut and stuff. But uh, we're just going to roll through some places that we've been and we've enjoyed. And then we've pulled a few of our friends, too, about places that they like to dive. So, I mean, let's kick it off with right where we are, Trevor, Thailand. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I did my dive certification in 1996 in Samui. Oh, really? And Yeah, that wasn't the first time I dove. I <laughs> oh, dove yeah. uh, a number of times as a kid in Mexico. And uh, there's certainly some safety issues down there. Sure. I got bad air one time. And, Question uh, your parents' parenting here? Yeah, or, no. Okay. Uh, no, I, you know, I'm grateful to them for introducing me to the water. Um, but, you know, Thailand has this global reputation for diving. Kok Tao, which we mentioned earlier, is right up there with Cannes for the most number of dive certifications that oh, they, really? they give That's in, a, big in, one. in a year. Um, but at the same time, Thailand doesn't have a great record for preserving its environment. And uh, all the development along the coastlines has led to a lot of destruction of the undersea marine environment. Um, just recently, the, the government announced that Koh Ta Chai, um, which is part of the Similan Islands National yeah. Parks, is going to be closed indefinitely starting October 15th of this year. That's 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just today, I just read an article uh, from the BBC that was talking about Koh Phi Phi. And Phi Phi Island is one of the, the most famous tourist destinations. Yeah. It was in that film, The Beach. They're closing Maya um, Bay, right? Yeah, Maya Bay. Like, yeah, it, it was one of the premier snorkeling sites for mm. sure in thailand and now it's i mean it's just horrible from the sheer number of people that are in there with you but yeah but the reef is just completely destroyed you know so there are still great places to dive in thailand yeah. but many of them and many of the most famous ones um, would disappoint people and do disappoint people that have experienced diving in like the red sea or the caribbean sure. or maldives or someplace like that it, it just right. doesn't live up Right. And now in, in Thailand, there's kind of the two sides, literally. There's the Gulf side, which is on the east side, where you have Koh Samui, Koh Chang, Koh Tao. And then you have the Andaman side. And I think generally the diving is a little more spectacular on the Andaman side. We've just been talking about the Similan Islands and Phuket and Koh Phi Phi. So that island tends to be a little better. But then on the east side, too, on the Gulf side, I mean, you mentioned Koh Tao. That's over there. It's got some pretty nice diving. Um, you know, I dove in Koh Tao many, many years ago, decade plus, And I remember remember really enjoying the dives. I mean, there was some nice fish. I think I saw a few turtles. The prices are low because there's so many divers there. But a lot of the, you know, reefs get trashed too from people learning how to dive, kicking their fins. I also went to Koh Chang, which is uh, more towards the Cambodia border. And you know, I think it was in my early tropical days and I just really wanted to be diving and it was it was all right. Um, but it, I, I wouldn't say that it was world class, but but pretty decent and reasonably priced, too. Yeah. One of the things I think people are surprised about, if you go to Samui, um, there's really no snorkeling per se, you know, oh, like there, okay. there's not a lot of good um, like close to shore shallow reefs with a, a lot of marine life um, that make enjoyable snorkeling whatsoever. Tao would probably be the exception. Yeah. to that you know if you if you got away from Sairi Beach um, or Nangyuan which mm. is like too many people at but there's reasonable snorkeling there but you know for the Gulf side not not so much snorkeling I know you have a really famous one in Phuket that you made a note of here yeah, you know, I haven't dove Richelieu Rock, but uh, that was lauded by Jacques Cousteau back in the 1980s. Ooh. And, and apparently, uh, you know, other than being a, a challenging dive with strong ocean currents, um, Richelieu is supposed to be one of the premier dive sites on the Phuket side. Okay. Um, but I've dove the Similans, snorkeled the Similans. Similans are good. Yeah. I, I have yet to be to the Surin Islands, but uh, I heard the diving there is still fabulous. 
And, uh, you know, they did do some protection on that as well. After the tsunami, okay. uh, a lot of the shallow reefs were damaged by the tsunami. Huh. And, and they closed a lot of those spots for upwards of a year or more right. um, just to, to let the marine environment recover. So uh, so that's some, some great diving and snorkeling. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that's just via liveaboard. You know, it's, yeah. it's difficult to go and camp on the island and, and right. do any diving. Well, I've done a few dives over the years out of Aonang, which is in Gabi province. And basically just a boat took us an hour out, kind of heading towards Kot Pipi and dove next to some little rock islands. And again, it was nice enough. We saw a sea snake, saw some nice corals and things. So it's it's okay diving off there. But the big site we've already mentioned is the Similan Islands. And this is about 50 kilometers from Kaulak. And Kaulak is about an hour north of Phuket. And my wife and I actually, just in March of 2016 this year, we went out for, did a day dive. And most people you'd go out on a liveaboard for multiple days, but we had limited time. You know, it was a big full day. We about an hour and a half out each way on a speedboat. And, and it was nice diving, massive, massive rocks, pretty nice coral. Um, we saw, you know, a lot of kind of deadish coral. And my friend Lori, who's given us some tips, she did diving there in 2000. And then she went back in 2015. Then she says that there was ma- massive bleaching around 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And she said she noticed a really big difference in like the amount of alive versus dead corals from that bleaching. But, you know, it's still one of the big, big sites to go. So that's, you know, one of the big ones. And then you also have a, a note of what a hard deep Deep wreck in Pate. I've heard of this one too. Yeah, you know, this is another one I think that's on the bucket list. And I don't dive so much as I used to, but like I enjoy different types of terrain, right? So wreck mm. dives are awesome. And apparently the, the hard deep wreck uh, is off the coast of Pattaya, which is near Bangkok. So we could probably do that dive relatively easily. Yeah. And that's a World War II ship um, oh, cool. that was sunk in 1945. Um, and apparently it's down 25 meters. And I heard the visibility is not great. Uh, but for people who are really into to wreck dives, uh, supposedly that's a good one. Yeah. And really near there, um, there's the island uh, Samet, And it's right at the top of the Gulf of Thailand. It's a great island because it's not overly developed. And it's the driest island in the country. But I've had a couple good little snorkeling trips from there. Um, the hotel I always stay at, Samet Villa, they'll, it's about 20, 30 minutes by speedboat to a little island called Kotalu. And at Kotalu, you know, they'll take you out and you do a couple hours of snorkeling. And so while the, the snorkeling at Samet itself isn't awesome, that's always made a, a nice dive or little snorkeling trip for me, a good place to see some stuff. Hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely a, a variety of places to go. And again, the, the Surin Islands, I think, uh, is probably the last best place uh, for me to go and, and, and visit. Um, the coolest thing I've experienced here, though, again, was on PP, uh, there's the leopard sharks. Oh, neat. Um, yeah. I've seen leopard sharks on a number of occasions at, uh, off PP. Yeah. And the best way that my dad and I did it one time is rather than going out with like a, a major outfit, um, we just rented some diving gear uh. and, and got a long tail boat driver yeah. to take us out. And, and the two of us did a dive off a long tail. Oh, really? And I saw two leopard sharks doing kind of a, a mating dance, you know, huh. like the little ritual they do before they get it oh, on. That's cool. Um, yeah, and they're they're really beautiful, interesting creatures. And the leopard shark is not uh, it's not a tiger shark. They're they're much more docile. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we uh, slide south to Malaysia? Now you've done a bit of diving there. I have, and then we have some friends that. But it's a it's a pretty hot country for diving in this region. Yeah, you know, I remember when you were going to the Perhentian Islands because I went there in 1996. Yeah, that's a and, long time. And ago. I camped on the beach. <laughs> cool. And uh, and I don't remember specifics about my dive, but I do remember that the, the water there was spectacular. Um, it was really from my little little campsite on the beach I could just throw on a mask and there was some great snorkeling uh, nearby and, uh, and and the diving was pretty good so you know almost 20 years later what was your opinion 
Well, uh, we hadn't dove in quite a while, my wife or I, and the Perhentian are sort of the northeast corner. And the one thing is you really got to check out the weather on the Malaysian coast. It's not the same as the Thai coast diving season. So what's peak season in Thailand isn't there. But, you know, we were a little underwhelmed. And I think actually what it had to do with was that there'd been heavy rain at night for a couple nights before. So apparently if you're diving fairly close to islands, the runoff from islands makes the water murky. So it wasn't this incredible visibility that we'd heard about. So we were a little bummed out there. But you know what? It was still nice. We just kind of went off a small long tail boat offshore. We got two nice dives in. And again, it was reasonably affordable and it was there was wasn't currents and stuff. So I think if you were there, maybe we just had a bit of bad luck. But the, the visibility is supposed to be super awesome. Yeah, you know, I think uh, further south of Thailand, like Malaysia, a lot of their coast is still relatively undeveloped. And I think that uh, they probably do have like, in general, better visibility and and better diversity in their marine life. Yeah. And uh, my friend Lori, who we'll mention a few times, she does a lot of diving throughout the year. And she said one of her favorite places anywhere is uh, Pulau Redang. And this is in Malaysia. And it's off that east coast as well. To get there, you've got to drive about five hours from KL. Then you hop a ferry for about 45 minutes to the island. Uh, Beautiful long white beaches she says you'll see lots of sea turtles sharks big school of fish really really beautiful uh everything under there and she said you gotta check the time of year to make sure it's good but she really likes a place called the diver's den run by ab lee and sharon ku uh she says they're great safety really good at they specialize in underwater photography but i know she's been there i think like six eight times and she says that's kind of the spot in malaysia for her yeah see and this is what i'm talking about like it's kind of remote right yeah it probably doesn't get a lot a lot of tourists right mm-hmm. so they've probably done a better job of of maintaining the environment there and and, and it's probably great diving i trust Lori. yeah now the other one in malaysia that's one of the world's best that i almost went to is called sipadan and sipadan is on borneo and it's sort of on the lower half of the east coast and the sipadan islands themselves are a little similar to the similan in that you can't really go and sleep on these islands you can't stay on them so you're either out on a liveaboard or you're going from the mainland out and back every day now i've heard they're incredible have you ever dove there Trevor? no we, when we went to borneo we went inland we saw orangutan and okay. flying lemurs and, and all sorts of like borneo is famous for its wildlife right right but i've heard yeah sipadan and and the, the, the islands around uh borneo just have spectacular diving yeah yeah now the the, the one little thing about this to keep in mind i mean your chances of this happening are very very low you stay in the town of samporna which i've heard is a bit of a hole but there have been kidnappings from this area and like uh in 2015 there was a couple foreigners taken you're very very close to the philippines and there's some pirates in this area so i mean your chances are really low but when we were going to book just a week before there were a couple people kidnapped and i I hate to say it me and my wife were kind of like you know what i don't want to go anywhere where there's even a chance so we went to the perhentian so Chance of it happening is very slim, but there are pirates around there too. Yeah. Yeah. You're better, you might be better off going to the other side, Langkawi, which I, I, I don't know if there's good diving. I bet Langkawi is pretty nice because that's near the Kot Lipe yeah, in yeah. Thailand. And that's another like Taro Tau National Park down there sure. that supposedly has some great diving and snorkeling as well. Yeah. And we'll have a map on Google Maps with all these places we're talking about. I was on Langkawi about a year and a half ago and there were signs for dive shops and that. I was with my parents, so we weren't doing it. I don't think it's like a world class place, but hey, if you're coming from Canada or Europe mm. where water's cold, 
just getting in nice warm water and seeing any tropical life is hey it's worth it right sure. so why don't we go over to cambodia a place where it's it's really not a hot spot but you you know a few places right yeah i mean you know again i haven't really found any good snorkeling in cambodia so much mm-hmm. um you know i haven't gone any dedicated diving excursions uh, okay. for, for my work i've, I've researched and, and i've talked to people who run dive outfits there right um and they said especially for like the like nudie brand uh-huh. nice nudie branks i don't you know, know that little tiny, they're those little tiny kind of sea slug looking like oh, creatures okay and like seahorses i heard those like are great. a lot of really like tiny creatures and stuff like that i heard huh. there's one place that just got tons of seahorses yeah and, and seahorses are pretty neat so uh you know cambodia's got some islands uh Koh Rong and Koh Rong salam yeah um Koh Tang and Koh Prince. Those are the ones about four hours off the mainland. Uh-huh. Uh, I heard that those two are, are the best bets. And uh, back in the day when I was doing my research there, it was liveaboards, but liveaboards without like sleeping cabins. You had oh, to like okay. sleep on a mattress on, uh, on the deck. Uh, okay. And uh, you know, the weather in, in Southeast Asia can be a little bit unpredictable. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how trustworthy some of these outfits were um, yeah. back in those days, but now these islands are getting a lot more popular. Um, again, I wouldn't expect very good snorkeling right off the beach yeah. um, if you're an experienced uh, snorkeler. But uh, there are some good dive opportunities, apparently. Yeah, and that's generally off the southwest coast of Cambodia, which is right in the Gulf of Thailand. And, you know, probably the best thing to do if you're wanting to go there is look at online forums with very, very up-to-date information. But, yeah, Cambodia, I mean, should have good stuff, but really up and coming. Um, a little one on Vietnam, if we go next. I mean, Vietnam has such a massive coastline. But they're also not like really big for diving. I did diving about 20 years ago in Nha Trang. And I've talked to a couple people that do tourism business over there. And they said, yeah, you can dive off Nha Trang and off of Hoi An out there. But they're like, as far as, you know, if you're going to come destination for diving, they're like not worth really going to Vietnam to do. But if you're there and you want to get in the warm water again, can do it. But it's it's not really renowned for yeah, I diving. I think a lot of it is just that it's like sandy, shallow coastline with, yeah. with like large tidal changes, right? Yeah, we saw lots of sand. Yeah, so yeah, there wouldn't be a lot of like coral growth in a place where the tide's receding greatly between high and low tides. Right. But one of the big hotspots in a massive country, like we're only going to talk about a couple places, Indonesia, right? I mean, it should be hot. Yeah, Indonesia is one of the premier dive sites in the world. Uh, there's something like seven. 18,000 islands that, that <laughs> right. make up Indonesia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think destinations like Flores and Komodo and Sulawesi, oh. um, those are on the bucket list of, of yeah. any serious diver. Yeah. It'd be great to go there. And, you know, um, an area you've spent a fair bit of time just uh, between kind of Lombok and Bali. Uh, Lori had a great diving experience in Gili Menno. She said it was absolutely amazing. Her and some uh, her friends went, they spent a week and got, she just said, beautiful dive after beautiful dive going out on kind of their equivalent of a long tail which has a little stabilizing pontoon Mm -hmm. on the side they said they saw all kinds of turtles with pretty much every dive seahorses frogfish cuttlefish octopus Um, they were at a place apparently called divine uh, divers run by a dutch couple again we'll have their site at the show notes but she's just every dive was great it was really relaxed at the same time they helped them fill in their log books right at the end of the dive talked about what they'd seen and a nice group of rooms and pools nearby but she's she's raving about it yeah i like mano a lot okay um, that's the middle island and right. uh, it's a little bit quieter than, oh. than the, the other islands yeah um and yeah i took my parents there and and my dad was like yeah you know we really should do a dive since we're here okay and the visibility is great yeah lots and lots of turtles 
um, you know, some good reef sharks and stuff like that. Um, there's really, really strong currents there. Oh, um, so okay. that's one thing you got to watch out for. Um, and then other parts of the islands are super, super shallow reef, um, ah. which is not even good for swimming, let alone snorkeling. Okay. Um, but yeah, very popular. I, I like Nusa Lombongan hmm. and Nusa Panita, okay. which are, if you're going to take a boat from Bali to the Gili Islands, yeah. um, the boat stops usually in, in Nusa Lombongan along the way. And uh, we just did a, a new snorkel spot uh, on the north shore of, of Lombongan um, where there's mangrove forests and it was spectacular really I, I I wasn't so keen on checking it out that day but I was really impressed um, usually if you take a snorkel trip it goes to hit a few different sites um, there's a place off the coast of Nusa Panita called Manta Point mm-hmm. and it has the the big giant manta rays oh and, that'd be uh, cool yeah one time uh, I was snorkeling there and I just swam down under the water as one of the mantas was swimming towards me and I put my hands up and as it swam over me I just ran my hands along the bottom of its body uh. and it was just it's amazing uh, yeah the, the Nusa Lombongan and Panita are, are great spots too I mean just Bali in general uh you know, that part of Indonesia is like the convergence of three different types of marine environments. Huh. So like the diversity of marine life in, in that, that Bali Lombok area is is one of the highest in the world, I believe. Okay. Well, sweet um, for diving and snorkeling if you know where to go. Yeah. And that's one of the tricky things too, because like, you know, you go to Seminyak, Legian, like Kuda or like Sanur, th- those popular beaches, that's the sandy bottom. There's not really good snorkeling there. Okay. Um, the best snorkeling in Bali is up in the Ahmed area. Hmm. And it's just like bay after bay after bay of just shallow snorkeling. And there, there's a really strong current that comes through there between Bali and Lombok um, that make these great little snorkeling drift dives. You just huh. like, you go in one end of the bay and just hmm. like swim out, you know, 100 meters or so. And then you just float all the way down to the other end oh, of the bay. That sounds nice. Um, whereas the, the best diving is up in the Bali Barat National Park, which is on the north shore of Bali, which doesn't quite have as good snorkeling, but that's where the best diving is. So, uh, you know, snorkel in the Ahmed area, dive in that Bali Barat area up, uh, up on the north shore um, and Jongen Island. Uh, yeah, it's spectacular. I, I love it. Neat. Well, from one country that's comprised of thousands of islands to a neighboring country that also is uh, the Philippines. We don't actually have experience there, but I mean, they have lots of great places. But you found some cool stats, I believe, from the WWF. Yeah, yeah I don't know if they're cool, but we, <laughs> we recently uh, did a green issue of Two Magazine and, and I did some research on, on coral reefs. And the WWF, uh, they claim that 70% of the coral reefs in the Philippines have been completely destroyed. Wow. Um, now, Philippines is made up of Again, thousands of islands. I think there's 78,000 different islands. Yeah. So there's obviously going to be some phenomenal snorkeling and diving still available. Mm-hmm. Um, you did mention the the pirates a little bit. And I know that that problem is a little bit more under control now than yeah. it was uh, a decade or so ago. Um, but again, uh, yeah, it's tricky. You know, you want to go someplace with great diving. Maybe you need to do a live aboard boat. Um, then you might be putting yourself in, in a little bit of risk for, for, for that type of thing. But uh, while I haven't dove the Philippines yet, I, I definitely plan to at some point. Yeah, and you have a note here that a place, Manod uh, Shoal, is one of the few places in the world where you can see a thresher shark, apparently. Yeah, and the thresher shark, if, if you Google it, or maybe we'll put a picture up on, on the show notes, uh, yeah. is a beautiful looking shark. Um, so apparently this Monad Shoal is, is one of the, the best places to see a thresher shark. Um, so it's those types of things that, that really you know attract me. Cool. Well... 
let's talk about a couple dream spots we both have. The dream spots we always mean to get to and things to do we rarely do. But what are some dream spots uh, for us for snorkeling and scuba diving? You know, years ago, uh, I used to fly back and forth to, from Bangkok to Hawaii on Continental Airlines. Okay. And uh, mostly I would make stopovers in, in Tokyo or in Bali. But then I found out that Continental Micronesia flew to Palau. <laughs> and I'd never even heard of Palau before. Palau. Yeah, but uh, Palau apparently is a, is a real hot spot for Japanese divers to go oh, to. Yeah? There's a lot of golf courses there, so they uh, like to go there and golf. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at it as like a, a new secret kind of surf spot. Huh. Um, and apparently they do have some good surf, but, but the diving there is supposed to be spectacular. Neat. That sounds like a good one. Well, I'd like to dive in the Andaman Coast in Myanmar. So, you know, if you head north from Phuket and north past Kaulak, you very quickly actually hit the part of the Andaman Sea that's Myanmar. And you look at a map and there's just so many islands in oh. this tropical water and it hasn't really opened up yet so i don't think it's that easy just to find a dive trip but you'd have to go out in a boat and probably live there for a while but there's got to be incredible diving in the andaman coast that belongs to Myanmar. i'd love to get out there yeah sometime. if you look at a map and you see like you know the surin islands which are the farthest north thai islands and the similan islands and phuket and whatnot mm. and then you, you you look over to Myanmar. there's like 25 times as many islands yeah. and and the surin islands being one of the most beautiful places to dive in thailand are the northernmost closest to Myanmar. So yeah. I can only imagine that the, the islands of Myanmar must be spectacular. And uh, tourism is really developing there. So I'm sure there are quite a number of dive outfits now that you could go and, and sign up with. Yeah, I'd love to go. And that's just one. If you're going to try and tackle it, probably just look for current up-to-date online info. So uh, we've covered a, a massive part of the world and we've just touched on snorkeling and diving. But yeah, you know, we need to get some, some expert uh, stuff in here. You know, I'm friends with Paul down in Bali who does the Bali Sharks project. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, we know some people like Lori or, or, or that have contacts with experts, you know, mm. um, you know, short of Steve Zizou, I think we need to try <laughs> and find some all-star divers so that we can do a snorkeling and diving in Asia too. Right. Um, with some more in-depth expert insight. Right. So as we wind this thing up, like a few little tips, I think a good one that I've personally found is keep expectations in check. Now I realize if you're going for a diving specific holiday, you want it to be awesome. But for me, I've probably been a little disappointed because I went to places expecting the, the water to be crystal clear because I'd heard that and hence a little disappointed. But if you just keep it in check and go in just happy to dive, you're probably going to have a great time. Yeah, you know, and again, you should do some research on the weather because the seasons yeah. are different based on the, the, the Andaman coast and the Gulf coast of Thailand have totally different seasons. Islands yeah. all in this region have different weather systems, right? So Yeah, so I think it's important to, to make sure like if you're going to do some diving, you, you pay attention to, to the seasons because like, you know, we're coming uh, onto the monsoon season, mm. um, you know, the entire Andaman coast, like all those dive operators uh, tend to shut down just because yeah. the weather conditions are so bad. That's it. And another one is kind of obvious, but do some research on who you're diving with. When my wife and I just went, you know, two months ago in Similan, there was tons of companies, but I actually just pulled a bunch of friends, people in tourism, and I quickly actually got given some names for really reputable companies. I cross-checked those recommendations online, and I was it was diving with a great company. But make sure, you know, you don't want cutting corners. You want clean air, good equipment, people that are responsible, because, I mean, things can go wrong under there. 
Yeah, and then finally, just being a responsible diver, I just featured Green Fins Thailand, which helps like uh, give people advice. So maybe we'll put a link up to greenfinsthailand.org, oh, cool. I believe. Yeah, and and they just explain how you should be a responsible diver. Like a lot of people don't think about this, but uh, when you go snorkeling, lots of people slather on sunblock right before they jump in the water. Uh, yeah, and, and like all these people going in the water with all this sunblock on, it does wash off. It does deleteriously impact the reef and the, the marine life there. Um, so, you know, wear a rash guard, uh, you know, cover yourself up, but otherwise other, I mean, cause you don't want to get sunburned if you're going to be out yeah. in the water, but, but a rash guard is going to make sure that the reef is preserved for future divers where sunblock is going to destroy it. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, makes me want to go diving again, Trevor, but we've, uh, I think shared some good tips, some good places. Hopefully you're a bit inspired. This is Scott Coates saying, thank you for joining us. Yep, uh, come back in uh, two weeks and we're going to be talking about hiking and biking in Hong Kong. Woohoo! Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Angkor Thom in 